0: Hello, and welcome to the Justin's Stride podcast. I'm your host, Justin Pugliese. If you love endurance sports, you've definitely come to the right place. On this show, we'll talk to athletes, coaches, and professionals who can help us reach our true potential. Being a student of distance running for over 10 years and interviewing people in the sport for the last five, I've learned a ton, but there's always more to discover. Everyone has a story, and I know you'll resonate with each of our guests as we embark on this new journey together. Join us at home, on the road, or while you run. Together, we'll have some fun. So follow along on Instagram at justinstridepod and your favorite podcast platform and prepare to be inspired. Come along for the ride with Justin Stride. This episode is presented by our friends at Exact Nutrition, a tasty and healthy way for you to fuel your body before, during, and after a solid training session. I can't leave the house without a few fruit bars in my pocket and they never make it back home. Exact is offering you 15% off your order when you use the code JUSTINSTRIDE. So head to exactnutrition.com and fuel your goals today. One of my goals for this show is to speak to guests in every country where people listen. So far, we've reached 20 different countries, but I've only spoken to guests in five of them. So we have a bit of work to do. This conversation of JustinStride stride takes us down under with marathoner, strength coach and community leader, Matt Dore. Matt grew up playing every sport he could and had a built-in training partner in his twin brother, which developed a strong competitive spirit within himself. He found running as a great way to stay in shape after his hockey career and naturally wanted to be the best he could, taking on world majors and ultras. A born Canadian, he moved across the world to Australia where he found his place as a strength coach and integrated himself through sport. We discussed what it's like to live someplace new, how training changes after you have kids, and how you can still get great results with less time in your schedule. Matt certainly is proof of that. Recently taking 10 minutes off his already impressive marathon time. Matt, welcome to Justin Stride. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. No, no, really, really pumped to be here. Yeah, a little a little just logistically uh, challenging for us, but... <laughs> no, we,
1: we did it, we did it, now it's better, all,
0: be- all better, than, better than before, you know, it was, uh. now we're only eight hours apart, which is cool.
1: Yes, definitely, it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, it's always tricky to catch up with uh, mates in Canada or family, yeah, because it's basically that 12 to 14 hours difference, uh, yeah, eight hours a bit more doable.
0: Cool. So how, how are you doing? Like just uh in general, like I know you just had a new kid and I'm probably I think you had now two kids since we last saw each other.
1: Yeah, well that's correct. Cause yeah, last time we saw each other was twenty nineteen, Boston. Yeah. And then um yeah, since then, um yeah, we have a two year old toddler, uh, Elkie, and now we just welcome Koa, which is yeah, five weeks. Wow. All down. So yeah, it's it's a whole different world, man. Like before it was work training, you know, and uh, I don't really have family where I live, so we had so much time for training and, and work. Uh, but now with, with two young ones, it's uh different priorities, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. Is that, but do you it, find you find that challenging? Like going Yeah, definitely. Here. So we thought like with one with one kid, we made it work. Um,
1: I, I didn't see training change much or lifestyle, I guess. Um, cause I would train first thing in the morning before, you know, my wife and kid would, would, would get up. Um, but now with, with two, um, it's a little bit more complicated. Uh, cause certainly at the moment, cause my wife is breastfeeding. Um, so I'll let her sleep in after the last feed in the morning, and then I'll have to be um have to be home to take care of the toddler. Uh, so I get up with her and take care of her before I go to work. So and then after work, you kind of want to be home to you know help 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 around the house. Not like I'll say, "Okay, babe, I'm gonna go out for an hour or two. And then, you know, they're already in bed, can't see them all day. So yeah. it's a bit trickier. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but still able to, to still train and but just probably not doing as much volume at the moment.
0: OK, so like what have you have you adapted? Have you yeah. now like, OK, I, I can't do as much volume. Like now we get into a little bit of, of training. How does your training change?
1: Yeah. So, so with Elky, um, I was, so our first born, I was still able to run maybe a hundred, 110 Ks a week, uh, which for me was about that eight hours, nine hours of training. Um, so I was still able to, you know, string in some, some good weeks. Um, but now probably the last, since I've been back to work full time, um, after the second born, I'm probably doing five hours a week. Um, that's pretty much what I can manage. But I'm trying to put a little bit more quality into that five hours. Um, so before I was basically running Tuesday to Sunday, so six days a week, um, but now my weekdays are are pretty, pretty full on. so I'm only running Wednesday morning uh, with my crew at the track because uh, I can get away with that one because it's kind of work.
0: Uh, <laughs> but
1: I, I'm making a little bit of coin out of it, but I'm I'm still doing the session as my own as well. Um, and then I'm running pretty much, you know, probably an hour and a half on Friday, Saturday, Sundays with a type of session on the Friday, easy running on the Saturday and then more of a long sustained effort on the Sunday. Mm-hmm. So, so, and I think that will keep me fairly fit until I can do a bit more, you know, once we find a better flow in terms of, yeah, the, the, the two kids. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so less volume, but yeah, like still I got my Wednesday kind of like speed work, VO2 max or short threshold type of work. And then Friday okay. I do some heel repeats. And then Sunday, it's more of my long run with, you know, a kind of like a long tempo within that. Um, so I'm still touching every system, but just probably not as much volume or easy running around that.
0: Yeah. And from a like theoretical standpoint, that's okay because you have the time to recover technically, you know? Decrease volume, Absolutely. increase intensity, increase volume, decrease intensity to a certain extent. Yeah.
1: So that's exactly so. It's I'll be interested to see because, like, I think my my fatigue is probably the same because um, I'm, I'm, you know, I gotta respect I'm not getting as much sleep at the moment. So you know, technically, I shouldn't train as much as I was before because uh, my sleep, probably my emotional stress, my mental stress, a little bit higher at the moment. Um, so it's a way to respect my body um so i think i'll be able to sustain the fitness that i had you know just with that volume because if i would do that eight nine hours now i think i would probably overcooking myself to be honest um even if i had time to do it so i think it's kind of like a little bit of a blessing and you know all i could pro- possibly manage on the physical side of thing as well so mm-hmm. yeah okay. um so, yeah, making it work. And it just makes running, uh, like, I'm just happy to be out there because that's time for myself now. So it's a little bit different. Um, it's, which, it's really freeing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it is. It's massive because that's technically the only kind of, like, five hours of my week that I get for myself. Yeah. Beside, yeah. like, when everyone's in bed, you know, 8.30, then trying to watch, you know, sports whatever, but then I fall asleep five minutes in. right <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. And, yeah, and with your and with your job too, you're like still able to get in strength strength work as well. I know that's a big part. Yeah, still keeping that up.
1: So a little bit, not as much as before.
0: Um,
1: so obviously, before I was doing pretty much before kids like two sessions a week. You know, pretty hard session, heavy strength. Um, now I've found uh, since my newborn that's been a little trickier. So I've definitely prioritized running over strength. I'm possibly lucky because I got, you know, 15 years of, you know, consistent strength training. So, you know, my my body is holding up pretty good with quite minimal strength training at the moment. But I know as I'm getting older and getting closer to my 40s now, um, you know, I'll need to get back into it a little bit more consistently. Um, so I pretty much do, you know, probably just your – Your prehab kind of work, you know, just stuff to make sure I'm not going to get injured. Um, But yeah, I'm not doing enough kind of like heavy lifts like I was doing, you know, two, three years ago. Um, But I'm pretty lucky here. we got an hour lunch break and I'm probably going to start reintroducing that within my routine. You know, Mm -hmm. do at least, you know, half an hour, two or three times a week to get on top of that.
0: What yes. what do you think? What do you think the minimum is? Because you talk about like I think we're about the same age, and I yep. what you said I kind of am feeling that my body you know breaks down late mm. in marathons, um, l- late in long runs. Even you know like um, you know once you get into this two and a half, three hour yep. range, like that's where you know the hips and you know cardiovascular yep. I'm fine, but the body's yeah. just not responding anymore. So. Like, what do you think the minimum is as a kind of a prehab for, for people, yep. not only getting older, but for to prevent injuries and to stay yeah. in good shape?
1: Definitely. So from my experience, like personal and, you know, the hundreds of people I've coached, uh, um, it's, I always say two. Like two is probably the magic number. Certainly if you're a runner that's, you know, quite busy and running quite a bit like two is usually you know the sweet spot um for most people um obviously when you're off season and if you're not running as much um for two to three months then i have some runners that i'll say get in the gym three times a week if they're able to um, so you know it could be in between two to three to even sometime i drop them down to once a week once they're kind of like in their race um season so you know if you got big race coming up and all that will really drop down their strength in terms of volume and intensity and just trying to maintain gains um but usually the sweet spot would be around two three during off season and then one during race season technically
0: okay yeah and for someone that doesn't have access to gym yep what, what can we do like at home, like, are there different, like specific exercises you can do? Like, that's, it's kind of what I was mm. insinuating a little bit, like with the minimum, you know, like yep. not everyone has access, not everybody likes to, you know, like intro to strength.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, in terms of, like, you can always work on mobility, for example, you know, at home, you don't need, you know, a whole lot of equipment for that. So, you know, as long as you're keeping, you know, ankle dorsiflexion, so good ankle mobility, you know, keeping your hips happy and and thoracic spine mobile, um, that's a huge, huge, huge plus, right? And that anything can have, you know, some type of ankle, hip and thoracic spine mobility. Um, And if you do that two or three times a week, um, that can save you from a lot of trouble. And then a lot of stuff like body weight, certainly, Certainly as we get older, I see from my experience, uh, managing runners, like there's a lot of tendons, you know, tendinopathy or uh, tendonitis. Um, so that's what we see a whole lot. So with body weight, you can do quite well, um, assessing tendons with, you know, static movements. So just like holding a certain movement. Um, and that's all stuff you can do at home as well to just, you know, Create enough stress to those tendons to help them increase blood flow in those tendons to help them repair. Right. Um, so, you know, again, like depending, you know, if it's a Achilles or, uh, in your knees, patella tendon, or we see a lot of hip flexors or inductors, um, there's many body weight stuff you can do to prevent that from happening or to increase blood flow in those area to then Yeah keep the body a little bit happier so that could be a routine you know body weight you can do 30 minutes from home uh twice a week and that would be highly beneficial yeah
0: yeah <clears throat> i did notice that like I, I just started doing it's maybe been a month um some strength work at home and um yeah like i was feeling some stress in my hip a little bit not like pain or anything but like yep yeah, just niggles just niggles and in. like and it yeah. just does so much. It, like, I don't feel it anymore, you know, and I yep. I do it consistently twice a week and it suddenly yep. went away and it's, you know, the body's, yep. it's pulling constantly, right? There's always yep. uh, stuff happening, especially as a runner, like you can, one wow. day might you be your knee, one day your ankle, one day left side, right side, like it's a, yep. uh, it's a constant battle. And we make adjustments as we run too, as we feel different things. So that's probably why, you know, the, the pain Absolutely. or the aches and pains shift, you know?
1: definitely definitely and that's that's yeah that's the life of a, a runner certainly as we're trying to push that threshold do more volume do more in- intensity run more heels you know there's always a little something that will pop up but i always say to my athletes like just be proactive about it like if you wait until it's too late then you'll be off for you know weeks right mm-hmm. then usually most niggles are pretty manageable if you you know, you get to them, you know, in time. Um, so yeah, if you're, if you're proactive about it, once you start feeling a little something, there's little things you can do, you know, at home or a coach can prescribe you that will make those area feel a whole lot better within a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but yeah, often runners, we just trying to run it off and then see what happens.
0: Yeah, it doesn't quite work, right? It's uh... it doesn't. It doesn't. Not like with other things. Like, you you take a shot in hockey, you know, you skate it off, you know, like, you're pucked in the shin. It it doesn't quite work the same.
1: No, it's not, just not the same. not at all. And the older you get, the worse, yeah, and the quicker it will become a problem because we're just not recovering as fast. And that's just, that's just how it is. Uh, yeah. yeah. So now it definitely helps. A couple times a week, you know, it doesn't have to be an hour, 30 minutes. If you got a good little
0: routine, then,
1: yeah, that's very beneficial.
0: Nice. Yeah. So what what is your job now? I mean, you mentioned yeah. a few things here. You know, now you're, you know, dad, you mentioned the gym, you mentioned coaching. So, like, yep. you kind of have this all-encompassing thing and they're yep. all kind of intertwined a little bit
1: yeah correct so yeah that's a lot of people ask me like you know what's your main title or because i was actually on a radio interview not too long ago it's like oh i just need to put what's your title it's like <laughs> and i'm like oh shoot like well you can use whatever you want and because um, technically like my main job like my full-time job i'm a exercise scientist um out of a big allied clinic so here where I am right now, I'm in the treatment room. So we got osteopath and physiotherapist. So there's about, I think we got now 10 treatment rooms. Um, and then we have um, exercise physiologists. And also we got two of me. So exercise scientists, which is basically a strength conditioning or rehab performance coach. Um, so that's basically my main job. So. It's pretty cool. So I've basically moved here. It's called Oh health So I moved here during COVID time because most gyms were closing, right? And my wife is a flight attendant. So she was out of work, obviously, because flights weren't going anywhere. And I was like, oh man, like, what am I going to do with gyms closing? So I always had the online coaching business, um, but that was probably 20, 30% of my business. So when I knew this gym was opening call, kind of like pretty much uh, oh, it would have been a few months after kind of like COVID really happened. And uh, I was in conversation with them. And then finally I did the move basically when, you know, all gyms were closing. Um, so I've worked for myself prior to that for about 10, 12 years. And here they basically, you know, after a few conversation, um, we worked out a contract and they hired me as a full-time employee. Um, so I basically kind of like moved my whole business into here, um, which gave me kind of like that security um, now, you know, as a dad. So I get, you know, you know, sick leave and paid leave and, you know, that security of having a paycheck every second week mm-hmm. um, and doing what I love as well and working with a big team, which I, I kind of missed that um, in the first 10, 12 years. So working alongside, you know, physiotherapists, osteopath, exercise phys, and other coaches as well. So, so yeah, the type of clientele, the only thing before I was basically, all my clients were runners, you know, or probably 90% were runners. Then now I see a lot of runners still, but we see a lot of people just with chronic pain. So chronic back pain, uh, you know, coming back from an ACL rupture, so that's intensive, you know, uh, rehab. So it's pretty cool. It's kind of a different challenge. But, yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it, to be honest, because it's kind of like I've done the running strength for so long, which I still enjoy. But now I'm getting those different challenge that, you know, I haven't been challenged like that in a few years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that's basically my, my main full-time work now is, yeah, working in this big, allied clinic and, um, yeah, basically working with, you know, rehab patients, sport performance uh, athletes and just people that wants to get stronger because they've had this lower back pain for, you know, the last two, three years. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Um, um, and then on the side, I started the, the run club. I actually got the hat today. So Don League. Um, uh, that's probably, I started officially like a couple years ago. Um, and that just started as, you know, I was going to the track here, um, every basically Wednesday morning around 6. AM. And, uh, I thought uh, like, maybe I should, you know, just put the word out. And if people want, want to join me, you know, they're more than welcome. And then it started, we were, you know, maybe four or five. Um, every session. And now like we basically, I never miss one Wednesday. Like we've missed a few during, we had big fires here, a few, and then we weren't allowed to run outside. But besides that, we're there every Wednesday, 5 45 AM, um, and now we're getting even in the thick of winter, which winters are not as bad as Canada.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: For Australian, they think it's bad. Um, <laughs> like it's like one degree, you know. It could be a <laughs> right. yeah, I'm like, this is actually quite nice. <laughs> yeah. Then in Ottawa, Montreal, right? You're getting like minus twenty five and ice, right. and yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so Don League is just kind of like a little side hustle, um, but it's more of a social community thing for me now um, where we're getting about 30 to 40 runners every Wednesday morning. Wow. Um, so that's that's been great. Um, and then we basically have another run on Friday where we have different pace groups. And usually that there could be anything in between 15 to 30 runners as well. And that's a 10 K we got a 14 K loop over the heels that we have here. So that's every Wednesday and we start that run at a little cafe. So people usually stay and have a little coffee. And then within that group, now there's over a hundred members. There's a lot of mini groups that forms and do their long runs together, depending on their abilities. Um, so it's been really fun. And, and the, the fun thing about this group is, you know, we got guys that can run, you know, marathons in two hours 30 or 5K in 15 minutes. Like we got people trying to train for their first 5K, right? So yeah. And that's the beauty about that Wednesday session. Like everyone's technically doing the same workout, but we always have a low and high option um so everyone's there you know and either you're uh elite or just starting to run like everyone's kind of encouraging each other so um yeah it's been it's been unreal so it's been an unreal community and for me it helped me a whole lot moving to a new uh you know city uh to meet more and more people as well Mm -hmm. so that's basically yeah a side gig so and then I also I'm a race director for a trail running series um, that we kind of like revamped and restarted here a couple of years ago. So they had it; they've been going on for a few years, but then uh, the race director kind of you know moved on, and then it wasn't happening since after COVID. So me and another guy just decided to try and bring them back, and and because I think like our community needed it. And that's basically a trail running series where during our winter months, when there's not a whole lot going on around here, there's a race every month and we have a short course and a long course. And the race gets progressively longer within the short course and long course. So, um, and they're all in different pockets. So we've kind of teamed up, it's called Parkland Aubrey Wodunga. So they manage all those little pockets of parks, like they keep the trails nice. So they basically gave us the contract or the permits to do these races in those locations. And our job is to advertise these area so they can maintain it as park and not, you know, having builders coming build on those locations. Mm-hmm. So the more, you know, people utilize those parks and those trails, the better it is for Parkland, Aubrey, Wodunga. So our job is to, with our races, is to advertise these trails that many people don't even know they're there until they come to our race. Like, oh my God, this place is amazing. Um, So so yeah, we put on those five races throughout kind of like our coldest months here. Um, And then, as I said, they get progressively longer. So short course, we started with a 4K run. Um, and then by the fifth one, they'll be doing a 10k race. So for for beginners, that's that's quite you know a challenge because you know they start okay, 4k race, then 5k race, then 7k, then 8k, and then 10k, right? So it gives them that five month progression. And then the next year, they might say, okay, now I want to do the long course. So the long course start at 14. And then the last race gets up to twenty-one, so a half marathon. So, so yeah, and that we get about like it's not humongous because it's more of a local community event, but we get about one hundred and fifty runners um, yeah. through both races. So, it's it's good fun. So, so that's been yeah, that's been unreal and yeah, keep, keeping me fairly busy.
0: Wow, um, yeah, that's amazing, man. Like, and all that, like you said, you do you move? Did you move within? Australia, like you said, a new city. So, Yep. Because yep. you were living somewhere and then you moved somewhere else, I guess.
1: Correct. So Because I moved to Australia in 2014. Um, I was more in Melbourne, like in the national park there, the Dandenong Range National Park. Um, and then I had to move back to Canada for visa purposes in 2017. So I was back in Canada for a year and a half. But my wife... At a house in Aubrey where we live now. Um, so when I came back to Australia, I moved back. I moved to Aubrey, which is about four hours north of Melbourne. It's basically in between Melbourne and Sydney.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so and yeah, we I love it here. To be honest, like it's we when there's about ninety thousand people in the city so it's it's a bigish city um but not too busy where there's there's no traffic um we got good pockets of you know mountains and trail running is beautiful we're about and now we drive through the big mountains where they go off to about 1800 2000 meter of altitude so okay. you can do some pretty decent trail running you know within an hour of, and then there's there's rivers, there's dams, like so. It's it's beautiful country area, um, which yeah, I'm really really enjoy. Yeah,
0: okay. nice. That's great, man. Um, we'll get back to the moving and everything, but I wanted to ask yeah. you just like a bit of what you just touched on with like the clinic, and you know when people have chronic. I'm thinking of my 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 mom actually. She she's yeah. got some chronic pain in her hands and stuff like that, and I, I'm just curious yeah. about those things um you know how does somebody work through is there a way to work through chronic pain like maybe as a general thing i know it gets very specific but um because it it, it's debilitating i'd say you know like Mm. uh some people feel helpless because they've had it for so long right Yeah. yeah 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 so chronic pain is it's very a
1: tricky one and very personal but From my experience, you know, being here for the last two years, which I've never really worked with, you know, chronic pain patients before, but now I've seen, you know, hundreds already. And, you know, for example, we had a guy, he was 25 years old and basically lower back pain every day, you know, every day. He was uh, working construction, so we call it chippies here. So, you know, framing houses and all that. So hard work. And then you know, 25 years old, he had back pain for over a year, and um, so the, the goal usually, once we get those those people in with chronic pain, is they'll come in for treatment, right, to reduce their their pain or whatever is going on. So if they're seeing a physio or an osteo, so with specific man, uh, manual therapy, they're able to you know reduce that pain. But often we realize it's, you know, certainly for these people, it's more of a strength issue. So often it's either they're really, really tight in an area and really, really weak in some area, and that's what's creating that chronic pain. And so once we can get them out of enough pain to be able to come in in the gym and be on a really structured, progressive uh, strength plan, then, like, this guy now, after probably it took him about 24 weeks of like being in the gym two or three times a week. And then he was basically out of pain, no more pain. And he was like, he went from like being really, you know, um, uh, he had a hard time or he was very hesitant to pick up anything from the ground because he would do his back mm-hmm. to now, like, he's lifting like, 130 kilos, which I don't know how many pounds is that. It's like over 250, you know, no problem at all. Right. And then it's like, Matty, like I'm enjoying, I want to start running. So, and then last week he ran his first half marathon and that's a guy like that was in pain all day, every day, two years ago. Right. So it's, yeah, to me, it's that, that is extremely rewarding um, but yeah, every case is a bit different. So a lot of people that come, it could be chronic shoulder pain. They had it for years and years and years. And then usually, again, through specific manual therapy, we're able to just reduce that pain a little bit to then try to convince them to start doing proper mobility and strength exercise. Mm-hmm. And because we got all the tech here as well that we're able to, to calculate the strength in every muscle group, basically. So we can present them, we have an assessment and we can present them Okay, That is what's going on. This muscle should have, you should be producing that much new thin per kilogram and this, this, and that. And then, so when we show them all the data and where they should be, um, and then we usually retest them every 12 weeks. And then within that progression, they usually start feeling better and better and better. And then, yeah all of a sudden that chronic pain, you know, is doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, that's
0: interesting.
1: yeah. So, so yeah, like in some case we want, you know, it's, we can't win them all like, um, but that's, what's cool about here. We really have that holistic team approach that, you know, if I can't just do the work with proper exercising, then, you know, I can talk to an osteo or a physio. I'm like, oh, what do you think? Or I could say, okay, maybe go see, you know, an osteo. They might find something a little bit different than I can put my finger on it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they, they can find it. We have sport doctors. We work with that, you know, okay, maybe go see a sport doctor or go get an MRI and we'll get it, you know, we'll get the bottom line of it. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, so that's, yeah. I I really enjoy that and Yeah. To see guys like, you know, that patient, you know, that went from, you know, could barely lift anything up from the ground with pain to now deadlifting, you know, 250 pounds and running half marathons without any pain. Like it's incredible. This guy thought he would have back pain for the rest of his life. Right. So there's, there's, yeah. In, in most cases, there's always a way, to, yeah, either reduce that pain or completely eliminate it because most of the time it is a mobility or a strength issue that, you know, that area is overcompensating for something that's not doing what they're supposed to be doing.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, it's, it's reassuring to hear that, you know, and I think, I think many of us just need to work on strengthening our body too to be able to do the things that we want to do. And if it doesn't hurt now, it it will eventually maybe start to you'll start to feel it. You know, like we we always say it has something to do with like how old we're getting, which is true, right? Like how much we're able to withstand. But I think if you just implement these things regularly, like so many of us, uh, like as endurance athletes, in this case, running, doing it regularly, running every day, like that's equally as important, equally as important, you know, to be able to do the Mm. activity. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, everyone, everyone
1: has a threshold where, you know, and, and, you know, us, it might be, you know, running a hundred Ks a week. And then once we start going over that, that's where, you know, injuries will pop in and all that. But, you know, like uh, Joe could be like, you know, he's not strong enough to do his day to day task, Right. And that's why he's always kind of like sore or has niggle. Like it's the same thing, but just at different level, right? So for him, it just doesn't have the strength to do his everyday activities or, you know, what's required to do at work. Then for us, it's mostly we probably don't have the strength or, you know, the, you know, the the resilience in our, in our, in our muscle to run above that hundred Ks a week. Mm -hmm. So it's just that different threshold, basically.
0: Right. Yeah. And you said, like for yourself, like you got years and years of of lifting and strength training in you, but like, like, have you always been an athlete? like if you if you go back to the the beginning of, of Matt, like were you always like yeah. an active, active guy, and you know growing yeah, up in Canada yeah. that's,
1: that's basically all I've known right <laughs> is is sports. Um, so, yeah, pretty lucky. I have you know a twin brother and an older brother, they were quite active as well. Certainly my twin brother, we were like, you know, very competitive with each other. So, you know, grew up as an ice hockey player. You know, I was basically born on skates. Like as soon as I could walk, I think my dad put me on skates. So we were a big ice hockey family. And uh, that was kind of like my love and passion was ice hockey. Um, So that's what I've played from the age of, you know, I think it was four or five years old until um, i was about 20 so juniors and uh, but in between that like in high school i've played every sports you can name um to we were pretty lucky our high school was you know very uh good into sports like we had tremendous coach so i was lucky enough to you know play in, in state volleyball and and state badminton and and went to state Uh, track and field so you know I've just done it all I just loved it all so um, (laughs) and then it's it's basically when I finished ice hockey I started you know taking running a little bit more seriously but yeah I was just talking to one of my clients and she's an elite triathlete here and she uh, you know because now she she had a stress fracture in the her foot so she she's not allowed to to run too much, or she had to take a few weeks off obviously and uh, so she kind of set up a few challenge you know to keep her motivated and busy without having the the run in in her life. so she did I think was a hundred a meter laps every ninety seconds, which is 10k of swimming in a wow. pool yeah yeah so it's pretty remarkable so she would do 100 meters in the 50 meter pool no 25 meter pool so out and back twice and then take 10 minute rest and then go again did that 100 times so it was about two hours and something so pretty remarkable and then i'm like so what's next and then she's like i'd love to cycle my first 100k uh and then my mind i'm like man she's an elite triathlete like she should have done I thought, like, it was a given 100k, you know, but she's mostly a limited distance. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Just
1: the way we grew up, me and my brother, like, we used to ride 100k, like, on shitty kind of, like, road bike just to, like, um, on the weekends with our gym teacher, like, because, so, you know, like, so we just, yeah, had that upbringing or grew up that, yeah, for us, like physical activities and any, we got into any sports like soccer, baseball, like I've played it all. And lucky enough, like I could pick things up fairly quickly. Um, So that's always been my love and passion. And, and yeah, um, that's why I then went to uni and did my, my degree in sports science and uh, minor in biology. And, and, and then the goal was to become a gym teacher, but during my third year at uni, I, I was working in gym and really, really enjoyed that, and then decided not to go into teaching and just keep pursuing into, yeah, strength conditioning, coaching and uh, running. So mm-hmm. So yeah, that's basically how it all started. started on skates, and then, yeah, every other sports you can imagine, I, I gave it a good crack.
0: Yeah. And have you ever been, you've always been like super competitive. Like I see that, like, I think once you get into something, you seem like the kind of person that wants to excel at it. Um, What's you're excelling at everything you do that I see anyways. Yeah,
1: no, definitely. And that's, yeah, that's always been. And even like thinking back growing up, I was even too competitive. Um, So like, certainly with my twin brother, we were exactly the same in everything. So it's, it was always competition against each other, but then even like, you know, my first sport, which was ice hockey, like just thinking back, like, I don't know how my dad did it. Now being a dad, like I would hate losing, like just hate it so bad. Like I would, you know, I was probably what, 13, 14 year old. And if I get a penalty or, you know, lose, I would break my stick and everything like just hate hated to lose so much. Um, so yeah, I would basically do everything I can, you know, to, to get better. Um, I remember with my brother, when we started playing, you know, badminton in high school, we just wanted to be as best we could. So we would stay after school every night, um, and practice (laughs) an extra hour or two to just trying to get better. Um, And then it was like that in in, in any sports, like even volleyball, we picked up volleyball. We would have our normal, and our school was very competitive, volleyball school. And we were on the team, he was the main passer, I was libero, so defensive. And we would like, we would do practice, you know, four, five, six times a week with our team. Then when we would go home, we would hit balls at each other, you know, for the next draft. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Like yeah. we just wouldn't get enough. Yeah. And just trying to be the best we could in any sports. Yeah. So so and then that kind of like translated to probably later in life with, with work and you know uh running. But I'm I'm probably a bit more laid back now. Than I was, you know, back in my teenage years and low twenties, um, I kind of learned to kind of like appreciate other things and probably find that balance a little bit more. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean um, that that stuff comes with like maturity, you know. And yeah, I don't know when yeah. that happens where you just like let go. And yeah, just... correct, correct.
1: Like I, I didn't like to lose at anything. Like it would be board games or you know playing ping-pong or table tennis with my mates like yeah i just hated losing so bad then now i'm kind of like "Ah, what the heck right so so yeah i think it kind of happened somewhere in my 20s where i'm kind of like different priorities i guess like now it's more about family and and providing for the family and you know using sports my personal sport more as a outlet but at the same time You know, with the time I have, I try to be as efficient as possible and do the best I can uh, within my personal sports, right, which right now is running. So I'm trying to find ways, okay, if I ran two hours 35 for the marathon last year, can I better that next year with two kids, right? So it's more within myself that I'm competitive than against others. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And that's a good, healthy way to do it. You know, if that's a personal goal, goal of yourself to do that. Um, like I have that in me too, like to want to be better than I was, you know, as, as we go on here through training, you know, like that, that's the purpose, you know, that's, it's also to have fun and to enjoy new places or new scenery or like discovering a new, a new, a new town. But on a competitive level when you line up you're like okay well what's the goal here you know it's
1: yeah you know,
0: yeah well, absolutely and
1: i still absolutely. love like i know some local races like i can still be competitive which i i still enjoy racing others and it keeps the and certainly now like i kind of forget i'm getting a little bit older like i'm like wow i'll be 40 in three years right And yeah, yeah. then i see those you know new. Up and coming guys in their low twenties, and I'm like, man, I was this kid like 15 years ago, like that was me, and I can still kind of keep up with these (laughs) guys. So I'm like, I'm not doing too bad, you know. Yeah, I just remember being there, and like, I'm like, yeah, when I was this age, like that's what mattered the most was like winning these races, and now, like, man, I got full time work. Yeah, you know, I got to make sure I do well at work so I can bring you know. Uh, you know financially be comfortable with my family and you know mortgage and then take vivo for my family and then the running just kind of comes on the side and if i can do well and be competitive then geez that's i'm, I'm still doing okay so so i still get that fire in me sometimes you know in those those races to still be competitive yeah. um but yeah it's more being you know trying to stay as fit as i can you know with all these other factors, I guess. Yeah.
0: Oh, so what would you tell that kid? Um, you know, you see yourself in those kids. Like, what would you tell that kid? Uh, oh, you know, 20 years most ago. Most of
1: the time i say, mate, like, do, do as much as you can and enjoy it as much as you can. Right. Like it's time, like it's time to put in the work and travel. Cause you know, who knows in five, seven years, you might have different uh, priorities or, uh, you know different things you have to take care of. So I'm like, yeah, go all in and give it give it your best crack. Cause I was fortunate enough in my twenties to, you know, travel all around Canada and the US and went to Europe and, you know, I came to Australia. I wasn't even living here and did a race. So um but now, you know, it's a lot trickier to do all these kind of things um with you know my situation. So I usually tell those like, yeah, like you know either get a coach or commit and you know try to do the best you can now because like it's that's it's the time now because you don't have a whole lot of other stress in your life
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and and i you know i just went to a like a diamond league track and field event like first time i ever saw anything live like that and man like they're they're young and they're hungry and you know i saw like the world the 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 championship uh, sp- sprinter uh, Lyles from the U.S. Oh yeah, and yeah, the yeah. grass. Um, yeah, and like these the guys world went world. all in in their in their thing, and it's not just that; it's like all the sports. It's like yeah. uh, hurdles and uh, pole yeah. vault and high jump, and and um, you see like these 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 athletes. They're they're incredible, and they get to travel and they get to see different places, and they're in yeah. stadiums with um you know thousands oh. of people it's incredible it's re- yeah. re- really you know you're not competing but you're like wow like what a what a gift like what an opportunity that is absolutely um, absolutely it's, it's so cool it's so cool to be able to do that that level and not everyone can you know but you know you yeah the youth you know they have an opportunity if they're talented enough you know
1: yeah definitely definitely and yeah
0: it's just give it
1: give it your best crack give it your best crack and yeah take every opportunities that that you can, yeah, and that's that's kind of like what I did. I kind of like partied a little too hard too in my 20s, um, which I think I could have been, you know, a little bit better than I was, but to me, like, I really, I wanted to, that that balance So I, I love to compete, but I love to, you know, chill with my mates and party. So, yeah, yeah, that, and that's why probably today I can still run pretty much as well as I was running then, because my lifestyle is probably a bit better. You know, getting better sleep, <laughs> yeah. not not drinking as much beers, and yeah. So um, yeah, so it all depends what what makes you happy,
0: yeah. for sure. And so, like you, you lived the majority of your life um, in Canada. You were living in the Ottawa area. Like, I just moved. Yeah. I just moved like recently to Switzerland. Um, and new place, new people, new community, uh, like yeah. what what kind of you kind of mentioned that your wife's from Australia, and like, well, how did that yeah. kind of play all play out?
1: Yeah, so, yeah, so I was I moved here, yeah, 2014, so at the time was was for love, um, so that was with my ex now, so not my my wife, uh, okay, and now, so we've dated for about three to four years um and then obviously it didn't work out um and then but in the afterwards i met my wife uh now so we dated for a little while and and then unfortunately i had to move back to canada for for visa purposes um and then we dated we did long distance uh dating for a year and a half so it was quite challenging but we made it work like we went to europe travel around europe for a bit and then we met up in hawaii because that was kind of like halfway never been there so that really <laughs> not cool. bad yeah and that's i did that after the the speed project so oh. the race, so i've done that in 2018 i think with a team from australia so I did the speed project, and then I traveled to the Grand Canyon, then met my my wife now in Hawaii for a week. So, so And then she came to Canada for, for a few weeks, so we made it work. And then um, I moved back to Australia basically in 2019. Um, and then I moved to a different city, obviously. Um, and then, yeah, every time, even though I've already had a mystery, in Australia, which the first time I've moved on the other side of the world, that was hard. Like you move somewhere where the only person you know is your girlfriend or your, your loved one. So, and then everything else is like, you know, you don't know your running routes, the restaurant, the cafe, like everything is different. So it, it takes a while, I found to, to find your flow. Um, in, in most, most things. Um, the first time took me a lot longer. The second time I was a bit lucky cause people kind of knew of me through the running community, uh, and my wife is a runner as well. So she kind of was able to introduce me to, um, you know, a few people. Um, but again, it was the first six months moving back to Australia, having no family here and no really close friend. Um, it was very lonely to be honest, um, extremely lonely. Like I would go like on hikes on my own or uh, backpack bikes just because I just needed to be away from home and just kind of like get away because um, the first few months I wasn't allowed to work either mm-hmm. uh, because of, of visa purposes. I didn't have my work visa yet. So, so yeah, it was extremely lonely and boring because my wife would go to work and I'm like, Fuck, it's not like I can catch up with my mate because I don't really have a mate. So, so yeah, it was it was rough like the first two, three, six months, I'd say. Uh, but then I'm someone that kinda oh, like, yeah, I said no, I just need to get involved and be proactive. So I would go like to anytime someone would invite me to, you know, their place or for a run, I would always say yes, you know, because I would never know. Like maybe I'm like, well, maybe this might might be my my new best mate in a few months. <laughs> yeah. you know, we might we might connect right away. So yeah. it's it's hard, certainly at our age, to do these things because um, we. I think I think we become you know a bit more reserved, a bit more comfortable, um, and then we we might not be as outgoing than when we're in our teenage year twenties. I found that for myself. So it was always a challenge and a little bit of anxiety around it, but. I was, yeah, really proactive about it and I would go run with, you know, we got another, before I started Don Lee, we got a run club called Trails and Trails, and they run every Wednesday at 6 p.m. They do about an hour on the trails. So like I wouldn't miss one week, you know, just because I thought, oh, that's a good way to, because it's basically you run an hour and then it's different person bringing a case of beer um every week and then you have a beer and you chit chat with you know whoever stays for a beer so for me like that was my you know social night and an the opportunity to meet different people um so so yeah and then joined the Aubrey Clinics Club um and you know um ran or went to some of their events to try to be involved and and meet people and yeah so I just try to be as proactive as possible. I guess in the community that I felt the most comfortable in that I knew the most, um, just trying to be involved as much as possible.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh yeah, and now like you know, four years later, um yeah, it's you know, beside missing my family, I wouldn't wouldn't live anywhere else. Like I it's just such a great community and made great mates and yeah, love it here. So
0: mm-hmm. you know. cool. But just take just takes time.
1: It takes time, but you got to be patient. And like, from my own experience, like it, it will come. Certainly if you're, you're proactive,
0: yeah, it,
1: it, yeah, it will come. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Especially you, like, you probably have like, like myself, I have such great friends and family back home. It's like, yeah, you think about that and the community there too. And like, was it hard to make the initial decision to go? Like, I know it wasn't like a no brainer for me, you know, like. It took some uh, like, talking, you know. Yeah, it's it was hard, definitely hard. Like,
1: um, and even like, as much as I got really good friends now in Australia, it's it's kind of like it's it's different. Like, I can go back home. I went back home for four weeks in February and caught up with like my best mates from high school and, and university, and haven't seen them in like three to four years and it's like I never left, right? Like <laughs> yes. there's so there's so much, you know, stories and history, you know, like and you're so comfortable with one another. Like it's yeah. And that like I think that past something like, you know, it's gonna be hard to build with friendship that I have here. It's very different. Mm-hmm. Very different. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's that what's makes it really hard. And it's little things like, you know, not having my family here or like my dad and my brothers. Like, you know, I need to do something around the house that I can't figure out, but I know my brother is very Andy. Like, quick phone call, he'll be here, you know, in a minute. Right. Mm-hmm. Then here I got good mates, but I'm always, oh, I don't want to disturb them. <laughs>
0: yes. yeah. It's different,
1: right? Yeah. But, you know, with family or mates, you've been friends for years. It's kind of like, you know, you don't hesitate to ask for help, Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, that's, that's still difficult to be honest after, you know, being here for almost nine to 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of like what I still miss the most. Yeah. Not having kind of like these long, long friendships that I've had for so long and and close family.
0: But and I- and- yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
1: Yeah. But at the same time, like, yeah, the lifestyle that I, I have here. Yeah, it is it is remarkable.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: so yeah, it was not an easy decision. Certainly, yeah, to come back here, but I'm happy I came back here for, you know, my wife Belle. She was the the, the main reason I came back here. And then now we got two beautiful children. Yeah, I would trade that for the world. So, yeah. so it was all worth it. But
0: yeah. well, at the same time, like you start your own life, right? Like you you, you got to yeah. pave your own way, your own path. And, you yeah. know, if I look at my parents, they're like both immigrants from Italy. And, yeah. you know, they moved to Ontario when they yeah. were like young. And then they left Ontario basically to start their family in Montreal. So um, I, when I and thought about it like that, I was like, oh, OK, well, it's not you know it's not so bad to move somewhere else like it's challenging no. certainly with time change and and uh and distance but yeah you know i'm a seven hour flight now from, from that's home, it and, yeah
1: which yeah which is yeah and that's what i felt like you know like deep down i'm, I'm, I'm proud of myself that you know i've created this life like not on my own but you know i didn't have as much support than if I would have been close to home, right? So it was a hard decision that I made and all that, but yeah, I wouldn't trade it for the world because, yeah, I'm loving the lifestyle here and, like, think back, I'm like, oh my god, I'm freaking living in Australia, you know? Like, growing up in Canada, you think about Australia, it's kind of like, wow, like, Australia, it's 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 amazing, right? And now, like, I've been here for 9, 10 years and, you know, I call this place, you know, home and you know, but you know, going back home or when my family comes here, it's like nothing has changed, and and it's the same with my best mates. So yeah, it's it's kind of like now I know two different worlds. So you know, that I'm able to explore a bit more and 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 be a little bit more uh, um, autonomous. So like, be a bit more, yeah. So I have to take that extra step. That you know that always stay in my comfort zone so I mm-hmm. had to you know step outside the box a little bit more and more yeah
0: so yeah you use the autonom that's a it's like independence pretty much like that's it, it and the French still comes back right Matt <laughs>
1: sometimes it, it's still there <laughs> <laughs> it is still there yeah yeah
0: so like I guess you know the, upon the like the exciting part of living somewhere new is discovering a new place I think sometimes mm-hmm when we're living in the same area for so long, we don't we don't necessarily yep. explore as much as maybe we should. So like yep. uh was that like I mean for me here like in Zurich it's it's still I mean still discovering. I, I discovered something new yesterday, but like yep. that certainly helps to like discover your surroundings. Was that like easy for you? Like running was kind of the gateway to that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like running really gave me the opportunity to explore so many great pockets in Australia because like, yeah, I've raced, I've done races, you know, everywhere and then talking to people that's been in Aubrey all their life where I live right now and I'm like, oh, have you been to Wilson's Brom? It's like, no, what's that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? So like, I feel like I've only been here for nine years, but I know, you know, much more places than, you know, most people that's been here all their life. Uh, so so yeah, and you're kind, of like, yeah. You just wants wants to explore more and more and more. And there's so many more places I want to explore. Then in Canada, I felt like yeah, like it took me so long just to go like to the west or to the Maritimes, coming from Ottawa, right? Mm-hmm. Like took me over twenty years or something to get out of like Ontario and Quebec. Um, then yeah. But the running is always a great way to explore and, you know, doing 50 Ks or a hundred Ks in different pockets of Australia, you get to see like amazing country lands. And I've, you know, I've done quite a bit of fast packing as well, um, just for, for pleasure and was able to, you know, do like three days hike and over two nights and been able to see like amazing country in, in Australia, so yeah, it's it's an unreal playground, unreal playground, and I'm sure there's more and more to explore, and there's more things on our bucket list we'd like to oh, yeah. explore with my wife.
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely have to get out there. I I've never been; it's always been a place I wanted to see and do. So yeah, yeah.
1: and like we think, like when you're not from Australia, you think Australia beaches and outbacks, you know, kangaroos, but man, like. There's a lot of good mountains and, uh, yeah, a lot of, like, it changed so much. Like, uh, yeah, which is, yeah, there's so, so many things. Uh, And so, like, there's races we do in the, they call it the Alpine region. And then you can do races on the surf coast trails, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's all within, you know, four hours. So, you know, the last marathon I ran was all along the beach, you know, along the Great Ocean Road, which is like. Phenomenal views, right? It's kind of like ocean cliff the whole way, right? Oh, wow. So, and then, you know, uh, another race, you know, just an hour from here, you're like completely in the mountains, which is part of the sky running series. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like just kind of like brutal climbing and descending, kind of like right in the heart of uh, the alpine region. Okay. So, so, yeah, we're pretty lucky. Like just where we live, we you know, Four hour, five hour drives from Melbourne or Sydney, and then four hours from the beach, and maybe an hour or two to the mountains. So mm-hmm. we just, we just got it all. It's pretty good.
0: Crazy, yeah. It's, it sounds like a beautiful place. And like, like I said, same, same thing here. We're just oh, like, can't imagine there. Yeah, cool. you don't have to go far to to see some pretty spectacular <laughs> cool. stuff. So, yeah. um, where, where would you say you saw the greatest um, improvement for your running?
1: Yeah. That's a good question. Like, so last year, I ran my best road marathon. Um, and I guess, like, like, on that type of running, I was probably on my best then. So that was October last year. I ran, you know, two hours 35. Wow. And that was after, you know, having our first born. Um, so it was kind of funny because, like, I feel – I didn't have as much time to train than prior of having a kid, but I had less time to procrastinate and, you know, everything had to be planned, right? So, so planned. And, you know, I only had that hour to run in my day, so I I would make it happen. Uh, And then that just helped me so much just with my lifestyle choice, like going to bed early because I knew I was going to be up at 5 a.m. for a 5.30 run. So, so yeah, that's kind of like last year I had one of my best year of running. And I think it was the fact that my wife was training as well for the same marathon. Um, And she was coming back from having her first kid. So she was so focused and dedicated to that goal. Then I kind of jumped on board and say, yeah, I'll do the same race and, you know, I was so focused on that goal as well, and uh, it kind of worked out really well for both of us. Mm. And I guess it was just the fact that yeah, we were both so uh, so planned, and we knew exactly, kind of, like the time of day we could run, and we wouldn't miss it because then yeah, you wouldn't say like oh, I'll do it later because there was just not later, right? So. Um, So to me, and then having a kid, it was just different priorities. So, yeah, I was just kind of working, you know, spending time with family and training, and I I really enjoyed it. And as well, I had a good community, a great bunch of of guys that were similar abilities that I found in this area that I was able to do probably 70% of my running with. Mm -hmm. And that was massive. keep me motivated because i knew you know on a cold rainy day they would be there waiting for me at 5 30 a.m so i just basically did not miss a run in training like because of these guys you know there was always somebody there and then i knew my wife was was going to do it and i didn't want to get beat by her um and uh so so yeah i think that's where i made the most improvement just being so consistent all year um and yeah we didn't we did not miss a beat all year basically the both of us towards mm. that goal yeah are you but,
0: always an early morning runner or um so probably from the last kind of like
1: 5 years or so yeah so Certainly in Albury where we live, summertime is super hot. like you'll get like some 40 degrees day. could be very you know uh, consistent and the nights are like you'll still you know 8 pm it will still be over 30 degrees. So you can't really run like in the afternoon or noon so you just kind of like, get used to run you know before sunrise. Because that'll be the coolest time of day, but it will still be about twenty degrees, and some days summertime twenty five. So that's where I kind of got used to run within you know early mornings, because it's probably the best time of day to go for a run. If not, you're just cooking yourself every run. Um, So certainly coming from Canada, like. You know, our summers in Ottawa, Montreal, we probably get you know maybe a handful or two of over thirty degrees, uh, but here is just consistent during summertime. So, so yeah, so everyone here, you know, summertime, they just learn to run, you know, very early, just before sunrise, and then yeah, it just kind of grew on me, and then just just loving it, loving it, getting it first thing done. Like for me, it's just automatic. Get out of bed, 5 a.m. Basically go to the toilet, brush my teeth, get changed and out the door. So mm-hmm. easy run. I don't eat or anything, just glass of water and I'm out. Like it's just autopilot now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, usually I would do that Tuesday to Sunday. That would be my routine. And okay. then even since having the kid, uh, our firstborn, so Belle obviously had to run too. So I had to go, you know. Pretty early, and then she would do the second run when I had just come back. So basically, yeah, we <laughs> tag team at the door, and then she would get out the door. Yeah. So, so yeah. Now mornings is just with climate, you just have no, yeah, no choice. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, to go to a two thirty five, that's huge for you. Um, yeah, was
1: my my previous best was two forty five, and that was in Boston. Yeah, um, in twenty nineteen. I didn't really run a marathon since then. Um, So it was a bit of an ambitious goal. So it was like 10 minutes. But I kind of knew like with the times that I was running in 5K and 10K, I'm like, oh, if I do the right work, like this is possible. And then I did a few key sessions leading up to it. And I pretty much yeah, nailed them all beside one. So I thought on race day, I'd just give it a crack and see what happened. And, um, cause during that year, last year, I ran like my best 5k, my best half, my best 10k leading up to it. So I thought, and then kind of like the marathon was my final goal for the year. And I strung, strung out weeks after weeks. I basically didn't miss a week of training all year. Um, so yeah. I knew I I could give it a fair crack and yeah I set to run 235 and ran 235 and 30 something seconds Amazing, so, so I was pumped I was pumped but then That's it's awesome. funny how it works like now it's like oh maybe I can run sub <laughs>
0: 230.
1: <laughs> oh man <laughs> so what would you say
0: what would you say for yourself as like the indicator like it was it as is it. Was it the specific workout, or do you think it's the five k time, ten k time? What's the? Yeah, well, I knew
1: I knew with Boston my lead up wasn't great. Um, Like a lead up is never perfect, right? There's always something that goes wrong if it's injury, illness, you know, emotional stuff that happens in your life. So with Boston, I knew like that was April. I moved back to Australia in February that year got married, moved to a new place. It was middle of summer, trying to train for Boston. I had a big mountain bike uh, stack. So I had stitches up my leg, like about 12 of them that I couldn't exercise for 12 weeks during like my peak volume weeks. Um, so I had all that and still managed Like we ran half half of it together that year yeah. and still ran two hours 45. So I'm like, oh... Maybe with a better lead-up, I could run sub 240, right? Uh, and then when I started training for Melbourne beginning of last year, because Melbourne is October, um, I did a few trail races. Like I did a few marathon and 50K trail race beginning of the year just to build like a base and strength. And that went fairly well. And then kind of like... Mid year, I kind of worked a bit more on speed, so did a lot of track stuff, and would did not miss a session with with our crew on Wednesdays, and was hitting paces that I was pretty happy with and quite improving. Um, so then in July, August, I kind of ran a five k in sixteen oh
0: one. So I was
1: like, and for me that was about a twenty ish second PB. So I knew I was kind of like, okay, I, I'm getting faster. And then did a half marathon towards that same period and ran, I think it was an hour 14 on a pretty hilly, kind of like mm. shitty course. And so I knew like on a flat good day, I could probably run an hour 13, maybe an hour 12. So I'm like, oh, geez, like. So I knew from then, kind of like July, August, my marathon was October. If I could string a few good volume week and marathon specific, um, that I'd be a chance because like all my 5k and 10k and half marathon times would kind of like dictate that I could run uh you know sub two forty to maybe two hours thirty-five marathon. Mm-hmm. So I kinda of like trying to maintain my speed by doing track work with the crew every Wednesday. And then weekends, I would do, yeah, more marathon-specific workouts. Uh, But then I still was racing a little bit of trail, and that would be anything in between 15 to 21k. So, um, but I think that helped me a whole lot. So that was within my block. I did about five trail races. um, Wow. But I think it just kept me strong because technically these races would be like 90 minutes at threshold, right? Where like I wouldn't push myself like that, you know, in training. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in a race, you just have that, you know, little extra gear. And usually because I was organizing the race, I couldn't warm up. So I would be MC and okay, go and then I would go after everyone and then try to chase the leaders, mm-hmm. then do the race and then, you know, take care of everything, then go run an extra, an extra hour in the afternoon, just to put in that volume on that Sunday. And yeah, that's, served me pretty well, um, all considering. So yeah, I don't think I've, I think it was just a bit more specificity like this time around and and a bit more, a lot more consistency, you know, throughout the year that led me to run, you know, that two hours, 35. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: then during the marathon, I just had that pace. I knew I needed to go 340, pretty much 340 flat. And I just respected that pace from the gun. And then go below like 337. And then, yeah, basically sat on that pace the whole time. So it was just, just a perfect, perfect lead up in the perfect race, perfect day. And yeah, everything went, went very well. So I don't know if I could better that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, that's
0: solid. That's so solid, man. That's, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, But like, I'd be curious to see if I can, Because I was only putting like, you know, I I look at a lot of guys that run some, you know, 230 or like low 230s, and they'll put in like 150 Ks a week, right? Then I was probably putting 100, 110. So in my books, I'm like, uh, maybe later on, if I have more time, and can put in more volume, maybe. But for me, that that might be my sweet spot that I can remain consistent. Mm -hmm. And I'd be curious, the next marathon, if I got this same type of lead up, then do I try to go out a little bit harder and see what happens, you know, than being probably a bit like I was very calculated on that one and didn't take any risk, right? Um, Then maybe next one, maybe I'll go out at 335s and see what happens. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You no. went on the safe road and you, you nailed it pretty much. And like, yeah, that's what I, like, yeah like coaching now, like I, I tell like athletes, like don't like, don't go crazy at the start. Like just yeah. find something, yeah. find that pace that you, you're, you can stay, you're pushing, but you can stay steady. And if you yeah. got something at the end, let it rip. Cause like, I've that's done it. what you just said. Like I've I've gone out like way too hard to see if I could hang on because I didn't yep. really have a plan. Yep. And bonked, you know, but like that's yeah. the risk you take. It depends that's what kind it. of race you want
1: to have. <laughs> so that's exactly it. Exactly it. So so yeah, I don't know. I think I think yeah, I think I would maybe have a sub 230 in me, like in the next five years, if I'm able to put in the work. Um, but yeah, it won't
0: be this year. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah. surprise. No, but...
1: I them to any. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, yeah, I, any... I mean, and it sounds like you got so much variation too in your running, which I think is yep. very beneficial. I don't think, um, staying in with one specific type of, of terrain or, or elevation mm. is necessarily a good thing. I think the more you can. If you can get some climbing in, in your week, I think that's, that's really good. And, you know, I try and do that around here and. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And it keeps you interested too. And that's what I try to encourage my athletes as well. Like, yeah, to do trail races winter time, to build that strength and, and endurance and, you know, and then do a little bit of track stuff to build that speed and sign up to some 5k race. Even if you're doing a marathon, like I, I just think, yeah, it keeps you interested, you know, along the the bigger journey. Uh, so I'm, yeah, I'm a big fan of that, and I think injury-wise, um, I think for me, it's helped me a whole lot to do, you know, a couple runs a week on trails, uh, just to change that that footing and that stride, um, than always doing that same stride over and over again on pavement or yeah, on the road. So yeah. Um, I think, yeah, as a coach and an athlete, I think both, both is very, very important. And it just, it just keeps you, keep you interested as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I like, what do you, I like
0: what do you What's think that? makes, what do you think makes a good coach? Like after doing it for well, so many years?
1: Yeah. Um, adaptability. I think it's, it's pretty important. Uh, so, cause yeah, everyone's different, right? So to be adaptable, uh, I think it's yeah, like you need to have your philosophy and kind of like your your guidelines, but then you can't be too narrow within that. Um, so that to me, that's what I've learned. Certainly with my coaching, like everyone's lifestyle and goals are different, right? And you got to be somewhat adaptable to find you know somewhat the magic formula for that individual. Uh, so I think. Yeah. And even like in terms of communication, I got athletes that, you know, I'll touch base with them every second week. Cause if I bug them every two days, they'll be annoyed. Right. So for them, every two weeks, I kind of learn that's, that's the sweet spot. Then I got other oh, athletes. They do need, you know, that every second day reinforcement. So, mm-hmm. so it's that. At the, yeah. It's just kind of learn and adapt to certain clients and what their needs are basically so to me i think like you know that goes a long way um if you're able to adapt and kind of read your clients then you know knowing everything in the world um because yeah if you're not able to deliver the right things to each client then you know that's you can be you can know everything but yeah you got to pick the right things for each person yeah not necessarily on the technical side of things, but kind of like the social side of thing it's extremely important as well
0: well what would you say um that maybe sport has taught you and the impact- like what kind of impact has it had on your life? I think it's pretty clear about what you've been telling us, but maybe if you could sum that up
1: yeah, yeah I think yeah I've learned a whole lot from sports uh you know in terms of You know, working with a team, that's a big thing. I've played a lot of team sport. Um, Communicating, I guess, with people. Like, that's how I've learned to communicate with teammates. Um, That's Or communicates with, you know, people above me as well, uh, like which were my coaches and to respect, you know, what they're saying. So I think, yeah, in terms of teamwork, communication, um, that's been, yeah, a bit. And then, yeah, commitment. Um, uh, you know, like I've, sport taught me that I love winning, but now it's not just about winning. It's about figuring out things that, you know, that, you know, feel as good as winning, I guess, and, and make it happen. Um, uh, so for me, like, yeah, now it's my line of work, you know, finding a workspace that, I enjoy coming here every day. Um, that's to me, that's winning. Um, or, you know, my family, you know, that's, that's something that's, you know, in the last, you know, two years, uh, it's really important for me. And, you know, I want to make sure they're, they're comfortable and, you know, I bring them as much joy. And, um, so for me, like getting home and, and being proactive with them or, you know not coming home after a day of work and kind of like you know spilling all my problems to them like so for me the workspace is extremely important to then come home and have the energy you know to spend quality time with them and being energized to be with them as well um so and to me like those are 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 my wins i guess you know in today's world compared like instead of winning that, that hockey game back then, that was probably the most important thing in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, then, yeah, sport has taught me to kind of like, okay, learn to appreciate, you know, and figure out what your wins are and what it takes to get there. And, you know, that feeling of winning, whatever it is, like, you know, it's so important to kind of like, yeah, wake up every day and kind of know, okay, I got to make this happen because that's that's going to feel good.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I think that's interesting that they shift, you know, you had that, like winning mentality through sport and uh, like that mindset. Yeah. But then to transfer that to other parts of your life and to say that, like, it doesn't have to be necessary through sport that you're winning, but just like other things, because those are the new priorities, Yep. So I think that's that's really, that's really cool that you, that you kind of make that shift. Like you're growing up, Matt. Mm. It's, uh, it's, it's great, man. And you're going to win being a dad. Like you sound like you're, you're like enjoying fatherhood and the challenges that come along with it. And,
1: yeah, definitely doing my best. I didn't have any training to be a dad. That's the, the tricky part, but <laughs> I think that's like any dad.
0: <laughs> yeah, you had a dad. You have a good dad, you know? So
1: I do. I did have a very, very good dad and still have. And, and yeah, I'm very lucky for that. Like we have, yeah, great role models. So yeah, that's 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 a big, big, big win. In that way, and trying to do you know similar things that he's done for us, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's
0: great. I was happy to meet him in Boston, uh, when we yeah, got together yeah. in 2019, and uh, yeah, sure, a, a few laughs post race and stuff, absolutely, and hang out a little yeah. bit, which is which is that really was, a good, that was <laughs> yeah. a good Maybe you had yeah. one too many, but all... well, That's we
1: cool. all did. I don't know if I was uh, sore from the race or sore from the whiskeys
0: <laughs> yeah, we have, yeah. <laughs> So what's next for you, Matt? What's coming up? Uh, anything Anything big?
1: Um, so right now, I haven't signed up to any races. Like, I'll do a few local races here um, from the trail series. We got two more happening. So we got an 18K on Sunday. So that's 18K with 800 meters of climbing. So good, good little, you know, sh- solid race. So I'll be running that on Sunday. And then in four weeks time, we got the last one, which is a half marathon. So I'll give those a good crack. And yeah, um, same course as last year. So you can I can kind of compare to see where I am compared to last year. Because last mm-hmm. year I was very fit, um, which I was happy because last race, the 16K one, I was about a minute slower than last year. So I was like, oh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Um, but then we got to decide, me and my wife kind of like, when we did Melbourne Marathon last year was to get our qualifier for Boston or Berlin uh, so we both got a qualifier for Berlin um, and then obviously that qualified us for Boston as well um, so original thought before having our second little Bob we were gonna try and do both uh, so April Boston and then Berlin later in the year but now with two it's gonna be a little bit more challenging so um, I might do Boston Marathon again and meet my family down there, but I might just do the trip on my own. Uh, and then my wife might go to Berlin with a mate and I'll stay back with the kids. Mm-hmm. So, so it's either we do that or we both go to Berlin and then we'll have uh, some of the grandparents coming down and look after the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I got to decide basically in the next a week or two because Boston Regels will open fairly quickly.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, so it's me to decide which one I'm gonna do. It's 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 gonna be Boston or Berlin Marathon next year. Okay. Uh, We'll see. I'd love, I I love Boston because it's close to family, and I'll yeah. be able to go visit family. But Berlin, I've never done, and yeah, it's definitely on my bucket list. Yeah, so Berlin's yeah. cool,
0: man. Um, yeah. But I get this, the family side because you get to the, you know, you get to <laughs> North America and stuff. But I That's did Berlin it. last year, and it's super nice. Like, yeah, the city's cool. Um, yeah lots to see and do and like good food and and the race course is awesome and
1: that's awesome
0: good time of year to race like if you're looking to do better on your marathon that might be that that actually might be the place yeah
1: that's the one and that's why my wife like had a really good year as well last year i think she ran 247 wow so she kind of wants to give it a fair crack next year as well because i think she got more in the tank Mm. um But, yeah, so we'll see. So, yeah, Boston or Berlin, um, I might do a few trail races in between. I'm looking maybe to do a 50K trail race in December um, up in Kosciuszko. That's kind of like the highest peak in Australia. Okay. Um, So I might do that in December, but it all depends how much training I can put in uh, in the next few weeks. That would be a last-minute decision. So Mm -hmm. last time we had our... Newborn, I didn't really race for the rest of the year because priority was just family. Um, i just trying to stay fit. But then, yeah, it had a really good year the following year. So, yeah.
0: Okay. And that's that amazing for it. her, like, coming, coming back from pregnancy and stuff. I know that's not I easy. Mean, yeah,
1: because yeah. her previous best was, I think, three hours seven. And, you know, that was her eighth marathon. And wow. she just nailed it. Yeah, about twenty minute PB last year. She was after having uh, that was probably eighteen months after having Elke.
0: Unbelievable. So
1: she, yeah, she smashed it. I can believe it because we were both in the same race and there was a few turnaround. around. I'm like, man, if I blow up, she'll catch me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! God. You know, well, that was a bit of motivation for me, but yeah, nailed <laughs> <felt> it. Yeah, <laughs> man,
0: that's huge. Twenty minutes, you know, but yes. Yeah. It's this thing, yeah. like uh, some yes. some women out of pregnancy, they, they they, boom, they're just like, cr- yeah. they're crushing yeah.
1: it. You know, I think there's a thing now for for like for girls after having a kid or two, like they, a lot of them, like our best Australian marathon female runners, they're all they're all basically moms. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when they're they're running at their best over the marathon distance. So it mm-hmm. must be something into it. That's for sure. Cool. Uh, so so yeah that's how why I need to keep improving my marathon time because yeah she, <laughs> she, maybe if she puts another you know 15 she'll, minutes she'll catch me <laughs> she'll be challenging
0: you soon and I'm sure your kids will uh, will be too yeah they'll uh, be little themselves but Matt yeah. thanks so much man for taking the time out of your your busy schedule and fatherhood schedule um yeah great to catch up with you and and I wish you all the best and no, so nah, it's good always camera. good to
1: catch up with you. It's, it's been too long, man. So yeah, yeah, it's good to have a chat. And hopefully it's not, uh, yeah, four years till the next one. Absolutely.
0: <clears throat> appreciate it. Take care. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Just In Stride podcast. I truly appreciate you taking the time to listen. And I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Please take a minute after this to rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. With your feedback, we'll be able to make the show even better, and it'll help us reach new listeners, too. You can also find us on Instagram at JustinStridePod for all the latest episodes and updates. Of course, this show wouldn't be possible without a solid team behind me. With logo and design by Vanessa Pugliese, as well as audio, music, and editing by Forrest McKay, a huge thank you goes out to both of them. Guest outreach, social media, writing, and advertising are handled by me, your host, Justin Pugliese. Finally, we'd like to thank you, our listeners, for coming along for the ride with Justin Stride.